0: That's BlueNile.com.
1: You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash.
0: Ding dong, we are delivered by DoorDash. Promo code BGN, Radio DD gets you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order. BJ and Pod Didi. Sorry, I messed that up. BJ and Pod Didi gets you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order. Tyler and Coombsy with you. What up, Coombsy? Ding dong. Ding dong. How was the game the other night?
1: You got one of those cool Alec Manoa shirts and I'm really jealous. I did. I went to the I went to the third game of the series, the one in which they lost. Ah. Uh, I, re- I really thought I was gearing up to watch them complete a sweep of the Boston Red Sox, yeah. but that game was that game was weird and cursed. That that David Phelps outing was so Tyler Chatwood-esque, like last May, June. Yeah. And I I, I I hate to be critical of David Phelps. I think he's been quite good, not just this year, but as a blue jay in general. He's been a very solid, like random reliever, but that was Maybe one of the worst pitching performances I've seen from a Blue Jay in person in my life, which is saying something because I've seen some pretty bad ones. But that was uh, that was unfortunate, but still a good series all told. And the know T-shirt giveaway was quite good. It's a yeah. cozy shirt, nice thing to wear around the house. A cozy shirt, good description. Cozy shirt, good description.
0: Coopsie. All right, uh, let's dig into that series against the Red Sox with a little three up, three down. And this series got started in with a bit of a bang and that came from Kevin Gosman who really gave the Jays a solid outing and it's uh, good for a guy like Gosman as well who after starting the year so hot we're talking about Cy Young and all this stuff he kind of hit a bit of a rough patch there but he found it against Boston 10 strikeouts this guy has absolutely dominated the Boston Red Sox so far this season as well like he had those two starts earlier in the year where he combined for 14 innings and only gave up one earned run in that span with 17 K's like this Dude, um, I, I think we even made the joke back on Father's Day that you know the Red Sox had to wish Kevin Gosman a happy Father's Day because he's their daddy.
1: Um, and he showed that again in this one. Yeah, he absolutely dominated the Red Sox this season. And the first outing that was mid April, it was eight innings, one earned run. And that came in that that was in the ninth inning, too, when he allowed like the leadoff to get on. It was somebody else that allowed it. So it's barely even an earned run and then eight strikeouts. And then five days later, he plays the Red Sox again, six innings, nowhere and runs nine strikeouts. And then here we are now, two months later, seven innings, only four hits, two walks, 10 strikeouts. It'd be great if um, Gosman could just go up against the Red Sox all year and just continue to dummy them. But yeah, like you said, it's positive to see that he kind of rebounded after a few bad starts. I don't think there was any authentic worry from anyone who isn't completely insane that Gosman had fallen off of a cliff or that he was bad or that everybody had figured him out. It was, there was just something going on. Maybe there was talk that he was maybe tipping his pitches, um, whatever. He seems to have figured it out. No, no reason to panic there whatsoever.
0: None at all. And it was just nice to see that kind of conversation calm down with Gosman strong outing outing to start the series against the Red Sox. Uh, The next one, the two games they won The pitching was really solid, but the top of the order really, really came through for them. In that first game, the 7-2 win, you had homers from Springer and from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Top of the order, Bichette, Springer, Guerrero combined for four RBIs and four base hits. They all came around to score a combined four times as well. And then in the second game, you had just some really, really clutch ABs from Bo and Vlad, each just going up there and sort of simplifying things, right? All you needed was base hits to keep that thing going. And Bo pushes one the other way that ties the game. Vladdy comes up and squeaks one in between short and third to win the game as well. His second walk off in a couple of weeks for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as well. The top of the order really did some impressive things and was huge for them in those two wins. Yeah, this one
1: also has this one has kind of an up and down. It's an up and down win because, like you said, the offense that was positive. It was to see them come through off of a good pitcher too. Michael Waka has been perhaps Boston's best starter this year. Weird. It looked like a game they they might not win. You're coming in. It's Ross Stripling going up against Waka, but at this point, like pretty much every start that Ross Stripling's given the Blue Jays since uh, Hyunjin Ryu went down has been a very good start and has given them a chance to win, but the frustrating part of this game was the lack of bullpen depth as Adam Simber comes in Uh, stripling goes five. Originally Simber comes in, has a clean inning and then it's Trent Thornton comes in and shits his pants because there's just really nobody else to go with. And it's a shame because we're, we're getting on board with Trent Thornton being a good reliever, but as he always does puts together a few good outings, then comes in and reminds everyone he's Trent Thornton, but the offense came through and that's what you like to see. We all know the bullpen's a mess. So you know, this game doesn't this, really change that.
0: This is the ups part of the show. Coombsy. We're talking about how good the top of the order was. The, we'll save the bullpen talk. We're not going to worry about oh, that yeah, right yeah. now, but it's
1: hard not to talk about it. It's very front of mind. Cause I know it, that was, uh, I, you, you, you weren't there in person yesterday having to watch that from David Phelps. So you're jaded. very much so, very much so front of my brain.
0: Uh, all right. Well, we won't even spend a lot of time then talking about that great walk off from Vladdy or the romantic hug between he and Bo Bichette. Maybe passionate hug is a better way to uh, to put that. But I love it, man. I don't know. I was just fired up from that walk off. Like I just I loved seeing how Vladdy kind of did the whole like this is our house thing that Bichette was doing towards the end of last year, too, is just a really, really great moment and a huge win for the Jays. I think that's a win we'll remember at the end of the season.
1: It is. Absolutely. All these, uh, the Jays are doing really well against Boston this season. Like they're not having a good time with the Yankees. Obviously the Yankees are largely unbeatable. Uh, They haven't seen the Rays really at all. So we can't draw conclusions. Even the Orioles are a bit, they're a bit tougher this year than they were last year. But the Jays are kicking the shit out of the Red Sox this year, which is fantastic because these games are going to matter a lot down the stretch.
0: Uh, Another guy who just keeps on crushing the baseball is Alejandro Kirk. Uh, The third game of the series maybe wasn't the best for Kirk as he uh, he went. Actually, no, I shouldn't even say that because he still came around to score twice, even though he didn't get a hit. Like his approach is just so good. Uh, He came up with the big pinch hit singer, big pinch hit. Hit, I should say, in that comeback win as well. Kirk just continues to do it for this team. In his last 30 games, he's batting 382 with an OBP of 479. He has nine dingers in that span as well. It, it's remarkable to see the hitter he's turning into like right in front of
1: us here. Yeah, 933 OPS now. And one thing that I'll point out that's interesting is at the game uh, on Wednesday, when they introduced Kirk, they're going through the lineup. And he was the one that got the loudest applause of any player. Wow, yeah, it's shocking because like early on in the season and last year it was you know Bo Vlad, George Springer, maybe a Teoscar Hernandez, a fan favorite like that. But now it's Alejandro Kirk has become like the guy. It's <laughs> when they announced him and Alec Manoa yesterday, the crowd went fucking nuts. In
0: the in his last seven games, he's slugging nine oh nine. Like that's hilarious. How he's making it like it he's made, he's putting up men's rec league, slow pitch numbers. Like he just goes up there every time. And you're like, Oh yeah, he's going to do something good at this at bat. Like he's hitting this ball or they're going to have to make like a great play to stop him. Like, it's just insane. Uh, you mentioned the loud ovation when you're in the stadium. I'm curious about this. Are you starting to see more Alejandro Kirk jerseys pop up? I've
1: seen a few. Um, yeah. uh, the, the real big one that was noticeable yesterday was all kinds of Manoa jerseys. Really? Like it's the t-shirt giveaway. So all people that like Alec Manoa are going obviously, but that's like a, That's a big jersey that people seem to be wearing here now. The big man. Uh,
0: I think him. I think him rocking number six, too. That was a smart little marketing move by him to sell a few more jerseys. He knows what he's
1: doing. Yeah, (laughs) he's a a, a smart guy. All
0: right. So that was our three up. It's the Gosman gem with a little honorable mention to Ross Stripling coming through with a solid start for the Jays. The walk off win from Vladdy and the production from the top of the order in the first two games. And uh, Alejandro Kirk, has now cemented himself as both a fan favorite and a star in Major League Baseball. Let's get to the downs, though, and to start just the fact that they couldn't sweep the Red Sox. I mean, taking two or three, no complaints here, but you lost a one run game in extras when you you had a chance to go pedal to the floor and steamroll the Red Sox in three straight.
1: Yeah, it was frustrating because they had chances to win. It was just, you know, they almost pulled off a comeback again, too. They scored two runs in there. Uh, in the bottom of the 10th yeah. inning after uh, Phelps's implosion. But I don't know. You you don't want to sit here and like whine about winning two or three against the Sox. But having been there and watching them meltdown, it's disappointing they couldn't get the job done.
0: And that's our second down is just the bullpen. You already kind of said your piece on yeah. it. And it's just as each series goes, it's more and more apparent. Their lack of bullpen depth is costing them wins. And they would have swept the Red Sox if they had just a decent bullpen, right? Like yeah. every game, you can pencil it in. The bullpen's going to give up a couple of runs, and you need to try find ways to win in spite of that. And it's really tough right now to just continue to watch bullpen arm after bullpen arm go out and give them shitty, shitty appearance, shitty appearance, shitty appearance.
1: Yeah, they've really got to go and solve the problem. It was just over um, a year ago now. I think it was the 29th of June last year. They went out and did the December trade. So, I mean, there's really no reason they can't go and pull the trigger on a trade to go and get a reliever. They went and added Sergio Romo to the bullpen, who's 39 and throws 85. You know, maybe they rekindle some magic, but this isn't going to be like a Jason Grilly situation where adrenaline gets this guy an extra mile per hour on his fastball. I don't think so. I don't know what Sergio Romo can contribute at this point, but he was decent last year. Maybe it's I don't know. Who knows? But <laughs> this 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 I'm guessing is more more of a Brad hand than a Jason Grilly. That'd be my guess.
0: Yeah, probably a pretty safe guess as well with that. They're clearly not done, though, right? Like, it's not like you go get no, Sergio no, Romo no, no, and it's like, all right, like we fixed it. Uh, maybe he'll bring back that cool little dance he did after he got saves yeah, like for that. the Giants when they won the World Series uh, those years. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, you, it's throwing a dart at the dartboard, right? It's if, Ser- if Sergio Romo comes in and gives you, you know, six good outings and one shitty outing and then that's like the it form or two shitty outings and that's the end form. you got six good outings for free and I'm not going to complain. Like my expectations here. My point is my expectations are not high at all for this
1: guy. No, not at all. It's like, it's, it's, it's never that big of a deal to take a risk like this and see what happens. I mean, if, if, you you add him to the 40 man roster and he was just a free agent signing so it's not like you traded somebody or you DFA'd a good like a quality prospect or something to fit him in it's like okay this guy fit because there was somebody going to the 60 injured list uh let's see if he can be any good if he's not then off you go and the mariners are still paying your salary anyway so not a big deal never know unless you try Third
0: down, uh, the third down I'd written down is the whining from Red Sox media and fans about uh, them not being able to bring all their players up to Toronto for this series. I find it hilarious. Um, Also, like, again, like any time an opposing manager or I hear a talk show in X City being like, oh, when's Canada going to change? Like, why do the Blue Jays get this advantage? It's just it reeks of being ill-informed because the Jays also have to play with this. The Jays needed to make sure every player on their roster was vaccinated or else they would have been in major trouble. Also, no one said a peep in the 29 other markets when the Blue Jays had to play in Dunedin or Buffalo. So in yeah. in the simplest terms, Boston, you can suck it. Um, you can also suck it up and try to win ball games here because otherwise like, I just I don't give a shit. Like, it's just so annoying and ill informed. It's dumb. I hate the whining about it.
1: Yeah, it's stupid. It's they—they they never had any compassion. we were playing in Dunedin or Buffalo. Um, again, like like you said, like it was all part. It, it it's 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 not just an advantage for the Jays because it's a part of their whole off season strategy. Like as we know now, there was no ability for the Jays to bring back Robbie Ray, who had just won the Cy Young the previous year. Yeah. Like they're, I, I mean, it, it probably worked out for them letting Ray walk. It was probably the right decision, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was still like. There's handfuls of players out there they just can't even begin a negotiation with, or they can't start trade talks about because they can't enter the country. Like this is not just a one sided thing, and it's just nuts that we're now into July. It's it's June the thirtieth, so we're almost in July, yeah. and people are still they they don't get what's happening, and it's just nuts. It's like. They, <laughs> What do you even say? Like,
0: And also the Jays, aware? the Jays are also being like somewhat inconvenienced by the American government as well. Like they're doing this thing where they're driving into Buffalo and then flying to cities. Like that is an inconvenient thing for the Jays to have to do every single time they go out on a road trip and that's not a Ooh, thanks Trudeau like that is the American government that was doing that so like save yeah. that shit as well because it's just beyond annoying um whatever man there's still a pandemic going on so everyone has to do shit they don't want to do and if you're the Red Sox and you're sitting there being like oh we couldn't bring our closer and that's why you came back and won that game it's like well I don't care man like you said the Jays had to you know give let Robbie Ray walk and they may have done that regardless but the point is. Go find yourself a damn closer who's vaccinated. There you go. Problem solved. Right, Boston? Whatever. Yeah, exactly.
1: You knew. You knew what you were getting into. You knew you're playing the Jays 19 times this year, nine or 10 of which are going to be in Toronto. If Mm -hmm. then, I don't know. You you know the situation, then plan accordingly. Yep. Have more (laughs) depth. It is what it is.
0: Um, On top of the Jays taking care of business as we move away from three up, three down and take a peek around the American League East. Uh, Jays taking two or three from Boston. Bang. Good news there. You gained a game on the Red Sox. What you also did is gained a little bit of ground on the Tampa Bay Rays, too, because they dropped the final two games of their series to the Milwaukee Brewers, losing five, three in each of them, I believe, as well. So um, another chance, another sort of positive from this last week around the Blue Jays is that they were able to go from you know, being tied with the Rays for third to now standing alone in second.
1: Yeah, they actually have a pretty good chance here to kind of distance themselves from the Rays a bit because Mm -hmm. the Rays are coming into this series like limping pretty hard. They have two relievers. One of them is good, one's bad. That's staying behind, speaking of the vaccine thing. Um, And then they have a whole bunch of guys on the injured list. Uh, In terms of position players, catcher Mike Zanino is on the 10 day, uh, infielder Brandon Lau, 10 day, Kevin Kiermeyer is on the 10 day, Manuel Margot is on the 60 day injured list. And then in terms of pitchers, Drew Rasmussen, 15 day injured list, uh, Andrew Kitteridge, 60 day, uh, JT. Luis Patino. There's like a whole fucking list here of just guys that are either on the 60 or the 15-day injured list among pitchers. But that's kind of the thing with the Rays is that they're more well-equipped to navigate injuries to their pitching because they have so many guys at the top of their system that pitch well. The challenge for Tampa this year has been their offense. And kind of right at the middle of that is uh, Wander Franco has a 702 OPS this season after signing his huge contract after playing one year in the majors last year. And that's kind of... He was on the injured list earlier. So maybe it's just slow start due to injury. Maybe it's sophomore slump pressure. Who knows? Maybe he's getting pitched harder, but Tampa's offense is below average. And that was the second best offense in baseball last year. So not, not, not quite as uh scary as the Rays usually are this year. Uh, but they're a bit, they're a bit dialed back.
0: Just quickly, I misspoke uh, there. I was thinking of the standings before the final game. The Jays are half a game back of the Red Sox with a game in hand there. Um, yeah, I mean, the the Rays are always going to find ways to, you know, raise and things like that. Like you think about that Austin Meadows deal that's now worked out so well for them. Right. And you yeah. were like, why are they trading Austin Meadows? That doesn't make sense. And then the guy they bring in just like shows up to the majors and starts raking dingers left, right. And center. why do
1: teams trade with them still? Yeah, the like King I just wouldn't pick up the with phone. Tampa. They fleece they the biggest one was the fleece with um, Archer, because they got mm-hmm. back. It was Meadows and Baz. Yeah. And it, there might have been another guy too. Was it McClanahan? Maybe, yeah. I don't remember. It was it was one of those arms. It was somebody go to Yarbrough or something like that. And then they traded Blake Snell off to San Diego um right after There's the series run. It was Glasnow, right, 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 and Glasnow was good, but he's injured. That's another arm that's on the shelf. And then, yeah, Snell goes to San Diego, and he's been bad in San Diego. Yeah, and, and then they do this Meadows trade, and Meadows falls off a cliff. Now he can't hit for power whatsoever. <laughs> the guy they get back is already better. And you go, like, yeah, what? Isaac
0: 20? Isaac Paredes has whatever. He's only has 103 ABs, but he's got racked up 25 hits. And it seems like every time I'm watching Sportsnet, they're like, Oh, look, he's hitting another home run. He hit another home run. Um, and yeah, the Snell deal as well, like that one, they got back four players in that deal. Like how do you, and then again, Snell's just garbage. As soon as he leaves Tampa, if I was another GM, I just wouldn't pick up the phone. I would just be like, no, there's not a chance. I will. I'll trade with some other GM because you guys are just going to roast me.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. They got. Like, I can't, I can't think of an instance in which Tampa's really lost to trade that, you know, they acquire Randy Rosa Arena from St. Louis. He all of a sudden gets like 22 home runs in the playoffs. And it's like, why do teams do this? It's nuts. Yeah. So I would never trade with Tampa personally, but circling back, the Rays aren't amazing this year. They're 40 and 34. Oh, offense is ho hum. Who are we going to see in this series? It's five games. So it's going to be a lot of relievers. It's Kikuchi in the first game going up against Tampa's bullpen. Tampa scheduled their bullpen game for Thursday so they can give them a bit of a rest. And Kluber's going on Friday against Barrios. Then the doubleheader, I think, for the Jays will be stripling and Max Castillo, probably.
0: And, and that Max Castillo one will probably be more of like a bullpenny bullpen, game, yeah. right? Which yeah, scares yeah. the shit out of me.
1: Yeah, this is this this is a bit tough for the Jays. And then finishing off Tampa, I think it'll be McClanahan and Baz on the on the Saturday, and then I have no idea who's going on the Sunday. They might stretch and give Baz the Sunday outing and then do bullpen on Saturday, but who knows? This is a this is a tough series for the Jays uh, going into five games in four days. The last team you want to be going up against is the race because <laughs> they have all this pitching depth. They're like. They're quite set up for this, even despite how many injuries and despite having two relievers left behind due to the vaccine, they're still well equipped for this. But I guess we'll see. I mean, key really what you need off the hop is you need Kikuchi to go more than two fucking innings in the first game. Really? You think that's a key? Yeah, (laughs) that's really important. (laughs) If Kikuchi comes out and lays another egg and only goes two innings, you have to move him into the bullpen and call up somebody else that can give you some innings.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a real chance that we come out of this series against Tampa Bay and go, okay, Kikuchi didn't have it. He, I mean, that could not only hurt them for Game One, but with Barrios coming up the next game, that leaves you a little bit worried. And if you have to gas your bullpen because Kikuchi only gets you like seven outs in the first game. Then there's a ton of pressure on Barrios to go deep. And if he can't yeah. go deep, then you're heading into a double header day where one of them is already scheduled to be a bullpen game, more or less. Yikes. That's concerning. Like they they should have a bus running right now in Buffalo because I'm very worried that after game one, it be like, yeah, we need to call up three relievers because we're screwed.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't be shocking if we see like quite the shuttle go on in this series, yeah. like Kikuchi comes out and poops. And he only goes three innings and then they have to use, you know, X, Y, and Z reliever. And then you're going to start calling up like a Thomas Hatch or somebody like that, or, or a Casey Lawrence from AAA who can just mop up innings. And then, yeah. I mean, the Kikuchi one, sure, maybe you get a bad outing, but what you really need is you need Jose Barrios to bounce back and not be doing two three innings. Like he's a top end starter. And in a situation like this, where you're going up against the Rays and it's five and four days, like he has to, he has to log some innings yeah. for sure. For sure.
0: Um, The good news for the Jays, like if you can get out of this five game series in decent shape, like if you take three of two here, I will be happy with that. Take three of two from the Rays because then after that, It's a three gamer against the 25 and 52 Oakland Athletics garbage. And then it's a four gamer against the Seattle Mariners who are 36 and 41 and were much worse than that until they rattle off a couple wins against the Orioles. And then you get the Phillies who've already fired their manager this year and are barely above 500 and won't have Bryce Harper at all because he's on, I believe he's on the 60 day IL. Yeah, he's going to be out for a while. Yeah. Um, And then you get the Royals on a four-gamer in Toronto rolling into the All-Star break. Like You get after this two straight weeks of playing subpar opposition. If you survive this series, you get a nice, easy schedule for two weeks and then the All-Star break. It's a really good chance for the Jays to set the tone for the second half of the season in this next sort of two and a half week run here. And it starts with a series against Tampa.
1: Yeah, it does. But personally, I don't love the Jays doing five and four against the Rays, which is going to be a grind yep. and then jumping on a flight to go to Oakland. Like, thankfully, the A's are quite bad, but the Jays always have a difficult time on the West Coast. And maybe they have bucked that trend this year because they pulled off the four-game sweep in Anaheim. Maybe yeah. they're they're over it now, maybe. But West Coast trips are never easy for the Jays. So I'm looking forward to the Kansas City, Philadelphia part at home going into the All-Star break. That's a great little like momentum building stretch. But eh, I don't love that this this Tampa Bay series rips right into a West Coast into a West Coast win. Yeah. That's, and I think, uh, that's, I think that, that's ugly timing.
0: I think that's a pretty fair concern. But I was like being optimistic. You know, they played real well against. uh Against the Red Sox, they took two of three there. I think that's a solid series. The only game you lost is because David Phelps, like you said, shit himself. Um, Ghost of Chatwood, man. Yeah, Ghost of Chatwood. So you have a chance here, I think, to hopefully keep that rolling. And uh, again, take three of two. You're probably going to lose the Kikuchi game. You're probably going to lose that bullpen game because it's the Rays and you can't beat them at their own thing. But I'm hoping for the things I'm looking for. Top of the order, staying hot. Good start from Barrios. Those are one and two on my checklist. Yeah. If those two things happen, good start from Jose Barrios and the top of the order keeps rolling. I think you win three or two
1: here. Or three yeah, of five. I think so. Three or five, yeah. yeah. I, th- I don't think it's unreasonable. Like I said, like Tampa's not been amazing this year. They're mm-hmm. like a middle of the pack team. They're below the Jays in the standings. You want to create some distance. They're riddled with injuries right now. They have two relievers, one of which is good, staying behind. Um, the Jays just did well against Boston. You got to capitalize here. Win the series. Coomsey, it is a long weekend.
0: The weather's good in Edmonton. I don't know what it's like in Toronto. It's good here, too. And we are getting at least 45 innings of baseball over the course of this long weekend as well. It is setting up to be a tremendous few days to be a Blue Jays fan. Hopefully the Rays don't screw it up.
1: That's what we're hoping. There is uh, there is can be pesky, but there'd be no better way to celebrate Canada and the long weekend and the vibes than taking five of five from oh oh the you never have the chance to do that. You never do. There's never a five game series ever. If this the, is a five game if they series.
0: take five of five, we have to shotgun beers live on the pod.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll come up with some kind of insane drinking game for uh, Sunday evening or whenever it is yeah. we record next time. All right. If they take five of five. We'll if do they take wild. five of five.
0: I love it. I love it. All right, Coombsy, you enjoy your long weekend. You crush a zillion beers. And uh, we will chat again on Sunday, my man. Best wishes. <laughs>
1: Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jay's Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from to never miss an episode. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much.